Today, I'm sitting down with Joshua Lloyd from Basketball Monster and Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Let us go balls deep. Welcome to another episode of the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Adam King, sitting in the dark, despite it being 3.20 in the afternoon. <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot darker here than it is in Melbourne, where I have my guest today. Uh, we are brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. FBIBasketball.com is the website. Uh, as I said, I have Josh Lloyd with me today, my first Australian guest, which is exciting, um, not having to do this at Sparrows fart in the morning, so uh, very, very dignified doing it in the afternoon. Josh, how are you? Good, sir. Uh, I'm good, King. It's not, it's not that bright here. I've just got lights on, so I've just got the big, the big stage lights lighting me up. It's not. I wouldn't say it's, it doesn't look like you, like recording from a cave, but it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not super bright. Yeah, I just, I we're about to get a uh, big downpour. I think I just checked the radar, so. Um, and I don't have all the lights that you have. I, yeah. I could turn them on probably, but couldn't be bothered. Uh, so this is, yeah, look, another, uh, I think you're the number eight, I think, in this in the series here. Um, haven't released any yet, so you might be the first that I release. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, but, yeah, look, I thought, just thought uh, content is scaling back a bit. We've got a bit more free time on our hands. So thought it would be good to chat with some analysts about what they do away from fantasy basketball, um, what they enjoy doing, what their family life is like. I did send you the questions about two minutes ago, so I think you're prepared and ready to go. Um, I hope I know enough about my own life to answer those without preparation. I think I know. Well, I could probably answer some of them (laughs) to some degree, not not to the level you can, hopefully, but... I hope not. the first question that I that I ask, and, and I know the answer to this one, is whether this is a full-time job or a side hustle for you. And I, I know it's a full-time job. Uh, and obviously, with the amount of content that you pump out, um, most people would just assume that. Yeah, because you, I, I would think so. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you, you do a lot more content than most of us. Um, but in terms of getting, I guess, to where you, you are now, you, you haven't been a fantasy basketball analyst your whole life so where where did you start and then how did it transition into to where you are now um okay so i started this like i'm gonna get the years wrong i think it was maybe 2013 i think it was 2013 I, i'm not 100 sure on that um but just wanting something uh to do like a like a, a side hustle right so i've been playing fantasy basketball for you know, five six years or so before that following the nba since you know, back in the early 90s and having some success playing a bunch of different fantasy leagues over that time frame, and just um, you're wanting something else to do, right, to get out of my regular job. So the first thing I, I did there was I was doing some work for Pro Football Focus in um, watching their game tape and, and grading that stuff. But with my work commitments, the timing on that was really tough to do. So I really couldn't continue doing that. So there's got to be something else I can do that is involved in my love of sport. So I, I started a fantasy basketball website. I just went, I'm just going to write stuff. So. I don't see a huge amount of this content out there and the stuff that I do see is not a not great or B not consistent. So let's try and do something like that. So I started a website and just would basically did a, 
I think I started like two weeks before the season started. So I did a little bit of pre-draft stuff, but mainly just was going in with the aim of here's what happened during the games. Let me recap them, right? Just writing stuff that happened and then talking about fantasy value from there and did that for a few months. And then that was noticed by RotoWire, Kyle McEwen at RotoWire. Um, I think I'd sent it to him say, hey, wouldn't mind you having a read of this. And he said, look, I've got, we've got a, a job here. You can write some of the player notes, the ones that you see pop up on ESPN and Yahoo. So I wrote those for a bit once a week. And then it just started, you know, that, that started doing that. So getting paid nothing, but you know, getting paid a little bit to, to do some writing there. They had an, an opening to do that one day a week. So I did that. And then um, in around February of that season, so close to the all-star break, I just said, look, I think I feel writing is good, but I think I feel more comfortable talking. So I started a podcast and that's, that's, that's it started the podcast. And then that started, it didn't get huge traffic at all. Like nobody listened really at all for the first bit of time. Like we'd get like 10 listeners or eight listeners or, you know, by the end of that first season, there was maybe 40 people listening on average. It wasn't in big numbers and that took a while, but just eventually just putting the stuff out there consistently and then talking to people. And then I went over to summer league um, got a media pass through RotoWire that for that summer league after that first season, and just started trying to introduce myself to people, and eventually found myself a spot uh, on the podcast network as part of Fansided, part of Hardwood Proxism over at Fansided, and then things grew from there. Yeah, so I think that's, I guess for me, for anyone listening, but for me especially, I think the the big takeaway that I get from what you've done and, and, and I knew how you got into this space because I basically did what you told me to do and went to RotoWire and, and got yep. through that way. But I think even now with what we're doing here at, at FBI, it, it really is about consistency and persistence because as you said, you, you often start off quite small. And for me, for me with it, with FBI, that's where B-Dub helps me because if I do if I do a podcast or a show for say a month and, and I'm getting a hundred people or 150 people to me, I sort of go, well, is it really worth it? Um, but he gets on my back and says, no, no, you need to, you need to do a consistent product. You need to be doing it every day, which is what you do. You do exactly the same show for format sort of thing daily, um, not on weekends, but, but weekdays and, and, eventually it, it catches on and people start listening. So I think that's important for anyone that's in sort of looking at getting into this space. Look, it's not even this space, really. It's whatever you want to do, whatever it is, content creation, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be every day. It, it, it just doesn't. But what it no. has to be is consistent. Like the number one thing people go, like, how, how did you able to transition from your job into doing content creation to doing you know, videos, podcasts, how do you make that a full-time job? What's your number one thing that you would tell people, whether it's fantasy basketball or anything, right? And I said, whatever it is, it's got to be consistent. It doesn't matter if it's twice a day, you post three Instagram posts a day, or you do one podcast a week, or you do one pod post every Wednesday um, or every second Wednesday, right? Whatever it is, it's consistent because honestly, people don't care. Like the people who listen, they don't actually care about you enough that they're going to just find you out. Like, they don't know you. No one knows you. They're like, wow, really? That's so cool. Like, I'm the 10th person listening to this show. I really love this guy. And I listen to everything he says. No one cares, right? No one cares at all about you in that situation. So what you've got to do is you just got to do the same thing repeatedly. And it doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't, whatever it is, you just go, yeah, I'll be back next Monday. Here's my show. Because mm -hmm. then yeah. if someone comes there to the, on the Monday 
and you're not there, they'll go, oh. and your next Monday you're not there, they'll go, oh, they'll do something else. They're not going to wait around and go, man, maybe in two years' time you'll come back. No one cares. So you've just got to be consistent. And that's the thing that I found helped my – who knows if I would have had success otherwise, but that's the principles I stood by. I also gave myself like you've got a time frame, like here's three years, five years. I can't remember the exact numbers, and you want to get to these benchmarks in that time. Otherwise, give it up because it's going to take too much of your time. Yeah. So persist. Be ready for low numbers, but be ready for a thousand listens on a podcast for an entire year, which I think is what happened in the first year, mm. right? Be ready for it. Who cares? It's not the point. Like your aim is three years time and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really good advice. Um, uh, and so, yeah. And then obviously you went from um, your your own podcast, which is why the, your your Twitter handle is Red Rock. Um yep. Red Rock underscore B-Ball because it was the Red Rock Fantasy Basketball Podcast or something initially. Yeah, that was the name of the website. It was Red Rock Basketball and yeah. it was the Red Rock Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Yeah, that, that was yeah. just that, where that came from. And then and then obviously it just it went, you were contacted by Basketball Monster um, yep. and and took off from there, really. Um, yeah, and basically. You've got, yeah, and so I've spoken with Kyle already and he sort of reiterated what you said there about the Rotowire path and, and coming through there. So... Um, so yeah, look, and I know for you, it's obviously you've been doing this for a while, quite a while now as a full-time job. Was that, was it hard for you? I guess, because for me, if I'm thinking about ever looking at this as a full-time role, which I'm not sure I am because I love what I do outside of fantasy basketball as well. So I am lucky, but for you, was there ever like making that jump, I suppose, from having a career and a full-time job? to, okay, I'm going to do this fantasy thing full-time. Was there ever an element of doubt in your mind that it wouldn't work and and a a bit of risk-taking involved? No, because I I didn't do it until I knew that I had a job, right? I, I I didn't just say, well, I'm quitting my job and we'll see what happens, right? Yeah. He, like, once I got an offer from Basketball Monster and... There was some at the time it was around where there were rulings being made across America about hey are we going to make DFS entirely illegal and that's going to put other fantasy things like we didn't know, we didn't know what the future was happening with fantasy we didn't know what our membership would be like or what role I would have so I worked sort of almost full time but not as full time for the first years we waited for that stuff to get settled and I said look I I, I want to but I'm just got to weigh this up and I said yeah look we'll see what happens because I you know Ken the, the owner of the site's like I don't, I don't know where things are going and then that yeah. all got sorted. No, I had a full-time job, right? So leaving a full-time job to go to another full-time job. Yeah. It's, it's easy. It's easy, right? That's there's no this is I guess there's there's the risk of random stuff happening, strikes, lockouts, mm-hmm. pandemic shutting down the league, like the, the, <laughs> the, the risks thing. But I had a job. I didn't just say, Oh, we'll see what happens. We'll see if people start if brands start mailing me free hats because I posted something on Instagram. We didn't do anything yeah. like that. I had a job. I worked both jobs together for a full year, so about like a hundred hours a week. So in the transition over and then I quit one and kept the other one up and then ramped up the basketball stuff after that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, yeah, cause it would have yeah been a lot of hours there for that transition period. Mm. And, and any, I mean, I'm assuming I know the answer to this, but uh, actually I think you've told me the answer to this, but no regrets. <laughs> no, mate, none no, at all. Like, no. yeah, this is what I've always, I wouldn't say it's what I've always wanted to do because like growing up, you know, I man, I can't wait to host a fantasy basketball podcast because that it didn't exist for no. a start, like, so I didn't know that. But you know, watching sport, dealing with numbers in sport was something I've just always done, right? Yeah. So my free time is 
sport. It's watching sport. It's thinking about sport. It's whatever sport that is and the, the ones that I enjoy and reading numbers and manipulating things and all that sort of stuff. That's always what I've done. So getting the opportunity to work in that full time, it's, there's, I can't, yeah. you can't regret that. No. Um, and, and I guess on, on sport, much like me, you love a range of sports mm-hmm. outside of like when you're not doing fantasy stuff, weekends, um, holiday, there aren't many holidays, but what the holidays that you do get, um, what, what are the sports that, that you like going to watch um, or like, yeah, passionate about, I suppose? Uh, it's really Australian football that yeah. I go to to watch. So we go to that basically every week to watch to watch our team. Um, and we've been doing that for 38 years or whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's 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 the sport that, that I go go to every single week and you know, get get fired up about when we go to watch it and or watch it on the TV if we can't get to the game. But yeah, we're, we're there basically every week. And so the you your team is the Western Bulldogs. What's yep. what's the the backstory there? So is that was it just a that's who your family supported? So that's who you support? Yeah, basically that's that's a family thing. My whole family grew up around Footscray, um, yep. and their their parents and their parents and their parents and like my um, grand uncle played for the Bulldogs and like yeah, okay. that's the whole family was just. They all lived in Footscray for 100 years or whatever. So, yeah, that's yeah. it. No, no choice. And that's, I think that's pretty common down oh, in yeah. Melbourne. I think yeah. it's, it's basically who your family goes for is who you go for. So, it is um, very much passed down. Yes. And, and so you're, you're, you have a, you have a son. I think he's mm-hmm. similar age to my daughter. He's, How uh, he's fi- oh, 15 and a half. Yeah. Okay. So my daughter's, yeah, she's 16 in. Oh, this is bad. In June, yeah, no, basically so, the same. He's sixteen in August, so yeah, yeah, okay, so very similar. So, so he he shares your love of football as well. Yeah, look, he, when he was younger, he not not as much, but uh, yes, now look, he he started playing football. He stopped he stopped this year, but like, yeah, he he goes to most games um, with me as well. Um, probably not quite as passionate as what what I was as a younger kid, but. Yeah, he's he's into that, and he's yeah. very much into that, and as well as uh, basically all American sports as well. Yeah, okay. And you drag your partner to the games, or no, nah, she, 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 she gets a leave pass, mate. Never. She thinks she's been twice <laughs> in like six, seven years, whatever it is. She, yeah, she's okay. like, no, this is, she's just not doesn't understand sport whatsoever. Won't watch yeah. it on the TV, and yeah, no, no interest. No, no, I I get that. I think my wife's been to two games with me <laughs> in seventeen years. So yeah, there you go. There you go. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely just my hobby, not hers. Um, so so sport is, is obviously a big part of your life, but then I guess even moving or further away from the sport landscape, um, I know I know you like to travel a little bit. Um, yep. What have you got? You've been to America a few times, but have you got any sort of favourite holiday destinations, places that you've been either by yourself or, or with your partner? Um, I don't know. Look, I'm I'm not I'm not a big person of like this is my favorite, and I've got to go re redo that sort of thing. So I know there's a lot of the world that I want to explore and that I haven't seen. So if I had to say it, it is probably Vegas because I've been there the most times out of everywhere. But part of that is work. 
well, not part of it, nearly all of it is work. I don't think I'd be going back to Las Vegas every second year. As much as I do enjoy actually going there, like I, I, I like the, the the feel of Vegas. I, I don't have a problem with being there. I don't gamble. I don't drink. I don't go to – I do drink, but I don't like go out and get smashed and go to clubs yeah. and yeah. You know, people who are like, oh, I'm there two days and I'm out till 4 a.m. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't – I just – it's just like a basic sort of day for me, but I'm in a different place with a lot of great food and accessible things and so much entertainment all around. Um, but I've been Vegas, I don't know, seven, eight times now, and we're going back again. Uh, for summer league in in July coming up, but otherwise, I just try to rotate everywhere as much as possible. Yeah, you know, just so many different things. Like we spent a month in France last year. We're going to yeah. have a, a week in Mexico this year, and then like next year we'll go to Germany or whatever. Like we just try and mix it up rather than go back to the same place um, that we've been to. So like I've been to a lot of places that are great. Like going to France was great. I can't, I'm not rushing back there. I, I'm not saying mm. I can't back to France because I want to go to Spain, I want to go to Portugal, I want to go to Croatia, I want to go to Germany, Belgium, Sweden, Argentina, um, Maldives, wherever, go to Africa. There's so many places for me to go to. So I can't say there's a favorite. I've just got a big list of stuff that I want to go do at some point in the future. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, no, that makes sense. And and with within Australia, do you travel around Australia much or you tend to, to go outside the border? It depends. Um, like we've been a little bit around Australia recently, well, yeah, over the last couple of years, but I still haven't done a huge amount of travel uh, yeah. within Australia. Maybe, maybe we do that next year. I'm, I'm not sure. Like I went to Queensland a couple of times, well, not a couple of times, but once last year. Then the, the year before we went to Queensland as well. So yeah, maybe. Yeah, but not not. It's not something I look to do massive. I've never been to. I've never been to West Australia. Never been to Tasmania. Like I guess I'll go there at some point. But like for me, I guess something. Because while Australia is different, it's not that different. Like mm. it's not like you you come from Canberra to Melbourne, it's bigger obviously. So there's more things around. Yeah. There's more restaurants around, but it's the same. Like yeah, it's not that different. No. Whereas going somewhere else, like you know, it's different cuisine, it's different restaurants, it's different way of life, it's different everything. It's not that different here. It's different weather, but that's about it. It is very different weather. <laughs> very different weather. Um, uh, so. When you're not doing your fantasy stuff, TV, movies, music, what any any particular favourites that jump out there in terms of what you're watching at the moment or what you enjoy watching? What did we just finished watching White Lotus because I was pretty slack on getting into that, so I watched that over the last few weeks, and now what am I watching? I'm watching the final season of Ted Lasso. I've got to start Succession. Um, Mandalorian I'm watching at the moment I haven't watched many movies um, the last movie I watched I was, uh, it was about three or four weeks ago actually uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once was the last movie mm-hmm. I watched but much like with um, you know, talking about holiday things like, I don't say this is my favourite movie and I'm going to go rewatch it like I'll watch something once that's it yeah. like I'm not going to there's too much stuff to do I, I find I've got too much stuff to do or too much stuff that I want to do to necessarily revisit things Um unless there's a specific reason for revisiting it, like, hey, I'm doing a rewatch because this season's coming up or this new set of movies yeah, is coming yeah. up. To, yep. But otherwise, forget it. Like, I'll just move on. But I don't watch a huge amount of movies. It's probably more TV than uh, than anything like that. Which I think is probably not uncommon for a lot of people with yeah. the money that they're pumping into TV shows now. It's mm. I think you could make a, a sort of... A claim that that they're actually better than movies in a, in a lot of situations. Although everything, everywhere at once, I I tried to watch that and I just got confused and I turned it off. So it was pretty crazy. To, do I need nah. to persist? I think I need to persist. Um, it was good. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was awesome, but it was it was fun. It was stupid, but it was also pretty like 
it hit pretty like hard in certain spots as well. So yeah. it had a lot of uh, emotional stuff, which sort yeah. of kick, kicks in towards the middle, middle and end of the show. It's it's you got to sort of put aside the the stupidity and the, the absurdity of it, yeah, and just understand that okay, this is just what happens. Like these random things are happening, but there's a whole other part of it that's a, that's the main real main part of the the movie versus the what's going on through these universes. Yeah. All right, I'll give it a go. Um, so the the last one uh, is is a fantasy question. Um, we'll see if you line up with what everyone else is saying. But the next year we've obviously got Victor Wembanyama coming in. Um, he's undoubtedly going to be the the first pick in the draft. Two part question: Where, if you had the opportunity to draft him next season, where would you be comfortable taking him? I know it's early, and I know you hate doing rankings <laughs> and projections and, and things early. So, but if we were draft, if we were say you had to draft, I don't know next week or something. Um, and secondly, based on, I mean, we all know what the hype can be like around some of these players. What do you think next season? He, like, is his ADP going to be a lot higher than where you would be comfortable taking? Okay, so you're right. I don't like doing any ranking stuff at all because like, there's going to be 130 players change teams and yep. yeah, there's going to be new coaches. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that happens, right? And there's probably going to be 20, say 20, 25 top 100 players on new teams, I would guess. So that throws everything off. So that's that's why I don't do that. But you've caught me on a, on a good day because I've spent all day today going through and changing up and redoing my rookie projection, projection formulas. Um, and, and I just copied and pasted about 80 different rookies in to see where they would come out based on some of my new formula tweaks and their, all their stats, right? So yep. that gives me a bit of a baseline as to where I think Victor Wembanyama could sit. And he came out 45th of, mm -hmm. like, if we were just to slot him into this season's fantasy ranks based yep. on playing 30 minutes. So if you think he's going to play more than 30 minutes, I'm pretty, I'd be pretty excited about what's going to happen. Now, there's obviously individual tweaks that need to happen when you see where he goes, but I would... I'm not going to draft him because he's going to go in round three. Like I feel really confident he's going to go round three, or round two, and I'm not going to take him there. But I don't think I'd have a problem, honestly, taking him in round five or the back end of round four. It could blow up in your face, but mm. I, I don't think I have a problem with taking him after pick pick fifty. I think. Yeah. Okay. That, and that pretty much lines up with some people are a little more bullish on him. I, I think I'd probably be around forty, forty-five. Um, but. I mean, I can I can see him going in. Do you reckon people will take him in the first round? Because I do. No, no, no. But you'll see no. him go at fifteen because you get to that stage of that of the draft, and it gets it gets weird. It's the Kawhi, Anthony yep. Davis, LeBron. Um, you know, is Jimmy Butler there? What happens to Trey Young? Does he bounce back? Is Jaron Jackson in the mix? Do you trust Porzingis? Um, what about Larry Markkinen? Like, there's a whole bunch of where's Towns fit? Like, it's all question marks. Yeah. After the first seven, eight, whatever it is, it's all question marks. So I don't think anyone's going to go. Like if you look at the top twelve here, you know, it's all around that twelve marks. Sabonis, Irving, Harden, Halliburton, Doncic, Tatum, Mitchell. Probably not taking him over any of those guys, and that takes you through about fourteen, fifteen. Um, yeah. But after that, that's when you get in Jaron Jackson, Paul George, Larry Markin, and Trey Young, Towns, Lamelo, Booker, those sort of guys. Like I, I could see someone doing it. I don't think they should. But I I can see it happening. I think he'll almost undoubtedly go twenty five to thirty five in a vast majority of spots. Yeah, yeah. And it, in terms of draft 
landing spot. Do you have a, a preference? Like, where do you think he might, in terms of, I guess, maybe a two-part question again, fantasy ceiling and real-life ceiling for, for this next season? Uh, is there a is there a different answer based on where he lands? No, I don't think so. I think this is a guy that is good enough that it doesn't matter where he goes, that everything revolves around him, no matter where it is. You go to Charlotte, Lamella Ball's great, but it's about Victor now, right? It's Lamella Ball will help him, but it's about Victor. And he goes to San Antonio. I'm sorry, like Jeremy Sohan, you're not starting over Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, at power forward, like it's just not going to happen. You go to Detroit, yeah, James Wiseman, Marvin Bagley, like uh, goodbye. Like, what are you doing? You're not here. Isaiah Stewart, go play in China. Like, well, yeah, it's not happening. It doesn't matter where he goes. He's this level of now. It's if you say like Brandon Miller or uh, Amon Thompson or any of those guys, where do yeah. they go? Then I go, yeah, well, it's going to depend, right? Where how I value them is going to depend where he goes. With Victor, it doesn't. I don't care. Like wherever he goes, it's the same. He is that good that yep. whatever team he goes to, it gets... There's not one person, there's not one team in the league where he could go and I go, oh, maybe you stuck behind those guys. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, Okay, the argument you can make, you go to the Pelicans and there's Zion and Ingram, right? Because I don't think Victor's going to play at the five, but he'll play at the five on the Pelicans or Zion will be at the five or whatever. Like, He's not better than those two as forwards yet, but he will be. Mm. Maybe not Zion, but he, but he will be, right? So there's no team where it's going to be like, oh, it's a little bit stacked. I don't know where he fits. He'll be fine. And in terms of, uh, uh, yeah, I agree. I think like he, yeah, he's he's just going to come in and, and start. Would there be a based on where he lands? Would there be a difference in how much he plays in terms of a team's going to take it? Easy? Like his other Spurs maybe going to only play him thirty minutes, where Detroit might play him thirty three or something like that. I mean, I know that's a bit nitpicky, but. It's really hard to know. Look, the, the Pistons kept Jaden Ivey at 30 minutes all season, this mm. season as well. Um, yeah, I think when I go in and project it, I don't know. I'm probably only going to end up projecting him at 28, 29 minutes anyway, just yeah. to, to ease him in. I think he'll be impactful in that time. He will have some foul trouble issues for sure, um, as so many rookie big men do. He's the, the only rookie big man who's ever really come in without that problem is Evan Mobley, and it's just not the norm. Like that, Mobley had an insanely low college uh, foul rate as well. So we knew that would sort of come across. But otherwise, like you get 28, 29 minutes, you'll play 31, 32 down the stretch. Um, it, it doesn't really worry me. And, and I don't even know, like, who's coaching Detroit? I don't know. Like, what are they, what's their idea about rookies going to be? Who knows? Popovich played so hard 30 minutes a night this season, and he's nowhere near as good a victim in Yama. So I don't think that there's a notorious, like, the Spurs didn't really ever start rookies, but they did this season. Mm. And yep. they, if they get Victor, they will do that again. Like there is no question about that. And if he's good enough, he'll play thirty-two minutes, thirty-three minutes, maybe straight away. Yep. And Houston, I guess, are the other one there, and and but yeah. they're looking for another coach. It looks like. I think I woke up to some tweets this morning that they're they're interviewing a few people for the head coaching role. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait and see until they actually hire someone. Mm. I, yeah, they, they might chuck eight or nine different guys in there in the interview process. I don't know who that's who it's going to be, and I don't really care until it's actually decided. But you're right; that, that is an interesting one. What would they do with Jabari? What would they do with Sheng, Shingun mm-hmm. in that situation? Um, I look, maybe they would bring him off the bench for the first five games. I don't think they would, but I also mm. don't think they would bench Jabari Smith in that situation. Maybe they would. Who knows? But yeah, that 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 is an interesting one. Where would he fit? Or they just say say later. Uh, Shengun or we trade Smith. I, I, no idea. No idea what mm. they do there. But again, I don't think we have any worries about what Wemanyama is going to do in terms of who is he going to be buried. Yeah. 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 No, no. Look, I think it's going to be, it'll just be exciting to see where he lands and, and mm. watch him next season. So, um, 
yeah, look, that, that'll probably do it. We're, we're almost at our time limit. So you, unlike a few of the guys I've, I've spoken with, I know you have got some stuff coming up, even though the regular season is is done, basically. Um, what And you've got some dynasty stuff coming up. What else have you got sort of planned for the next few months? Oh, Kingy, there's a lot, mate. We are, we are doing um, team review shows where we go through every player and just talk about what they did, why it happened, what it means for the future, um, you know, where the team is headed, what they're looking for, all that sort of stuff. So we do that for 30 teams. We're doing um, some redraft stuff from, you know, redrafting past drafts, especially last year's draft, a bit of dynasty stuff. We're going to do – I did a show reviewing my sleeper picks from the start of the season. I'll do one for busts as well, do a playoff prediction show. Then we get into NBA draft stuff where we just talk with, you know, 10 to 15 different draft analysts across uh, across the world. And I just say – Tell me about this guy. And then we just discuss prospects and we'll probably knock through 60, 65 draft prospects to lead you into the NBA draft. And we then we run the uh, the live draft show 11 weeks from now or 10 weeks from now, actually. 10 weeks, is that all? Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and I think, I don't know if if you, I mean, we'll, ra- we'll wrap up now, but I feel like Dynasty is starting to get a really good foothold in the fantasy. Like, I know it's always been there, but I feel like the interest in it is is increasing. Do you think the same thing? Yes, I think I think the reason we think that is because dynasty people obviously to be involved in that are more I don't know the right uh, intense. Not it's not even intense isn't even the right word. They're more invested, so they are talking and seeking out and consuming content and interacting with content because they're playing a league that might go for five years or ten years, and it's mm. three hundred sixty-five days a year. They're not someone who's like I'm drafting with my mates. We watch shows for 20 weeks and the season's done and I'm, I disconnect that. That's so yeah. I think that the appearance of the amount of people playing dynasty is probably higher than the actual amount, but you're right. There is a lot, there's a lot more people who are doing specific dynasty stuff as well now, mm. which didn't, didn't exist. There's literally nobody who did it four years ago, five years ago. Yeah. Now I can think of like four or five guys off the top of my head who yeah. are just doing sort of stand look just, Stand. I'm going to get most of these guys on over the next couple of weeks, but they do just dynasty. We've got Matt coming on my show tomorrow, which could be three weeks ago, depending on when you release this. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of guys that are, that are doing that stuff that we're going to chat to. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Maddie's obviously very invested in that space. So, yeah, look, that will do it. Thanks for coming on uh, today, taking some time out. Um, remember, you can check out all of our content uh, over at fbibasketball.com. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Give us a thumbs up. Uh, subscribe. That would be great. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.